2: Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We got two gentlemen that have created an incredible strategy to help out more real estate investors, right? It's the really infinite banking strategy to turn yourself into the bank. I personally resonate with this because I have several policies. Jennifer does as well. Uh, We promote this to our mastermind group that it is so important to flip the script on the banks, be able to get as much funding from the banks, but then learn how to really be a good steward of it. And when you can start turning yourself into the bank and you know, be able to get the tax benefits of lending money from yourself, from your own life insurance policies and so forth, it's incredible. So infinite wealth is what these guys do. And their podcast is incredible as well. Today, our guest is Anthony and Cameron. What are you guys up to? How's everything going today?
1: Everything is going great, Brand. Thanks for having us. Brandy. you got me pumped up. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm even more excited. <laughs> good, good. I'm excited to be here. Honestly, it's an awesome conversation that I feel like not enough people truly understand what the hell we're even talking about. So I'm excited to have some experts on today. For anybody that doesn't know out there, do you mind just giving like that 30,000 foot view of who you guys are, where you're from and what you guys are
1: up to? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. You want a little background in there too? Yeah, yeah, throw some background, do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, No. well the whole reason that I'm even in this place, right? is cuz I was just a business owner, right? And I was yeah. uh if you go back, gosh, 15, 16 years now, I was a business owner and I was looking what to do with my money, right? That I had acquired and all of the kind of traditional options that were presented to me never made sense. It was always put your money in this account can't touch it to your 59 and a half and i always thought that man i was the crazy one because that never sounded like a good idea to me no right? good at all <laughs> exactly so i never did anything and i just sat on cash for the longest time and as a business owner right you sit on cash because you need it certain points and that's what i did i didn't do anything i was overwhelmed with all this information that was out there and i came across infinite banking as a strategy really just by pure coincidence is my wife and I were buying our house and a gentleman recommended this book. And he said, if I would have read this book when I was your age, it would have been the difference of millions of dollars. And so I went home, I read that book. And actually, to be honest with you, Brandon, it pissed me off, right? It was uh, page 45 of that book shows you that paying cash is not the best option. And I got really upset because I thought I was pretty smart, but nobody had shown that to me before. And so that set me down this road. And I started implementing these strategies right away. And I started sharing it with other business owners that I knew. And that's really kind of how I found myself in an advisory role is, you know, you share that and people start asking more and more questions. And so I've been doing this for about 13 years now. Anthony and I partnered up about three, four years ago, and we are infinite wealth consultants.
2: I love it. What was the business that you were doing before? And tell me about that book. What was that book?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The business actually ran caddy programs for golf courses here in Las Vegas. And so it was more or less just a staffing agency. I had 50 something caddies that I would staff at courses here around Vegas. And the book was "Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash. And that is the single book that somebody should read if they have any questions on infinite banking. People have been doing kind of these strategies for a long time. They've been talking about it for a long time, but Nelson's book is literally the how-to, right? So this yes. is how an individual on a small level can implement these strategies. And if you just read that and implement it, you're going to be in good shape.
2: Yeah. It really simplifies things. It makes it easy to understand. And yeah, I mean, it's all right there. So that's great. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's so simple that uh, Anthony can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love it. Anthony, talk to me. Brendan, my name's Anthony. I'm a
0: recovering <laughs> CPA. Uh, yeah. I've been a CPA for over 20 years, and poor I, guy. I had, I think, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my own tax practice, and oh wait, really enlightened me. Sure, you know what I saw is so many people got punched in the gut, and the biggest thing was to no fault of their own. It's one thing if you make poor financial decisions, you get in debt, you buy a bad deal, you know. That's on you, but when you do everything you're told, maxed out my 401k, paid off my house, stayed out of debt, and now my 401k is a 201k. Yeah, and I realized something was wrong, and I realized that I was doing the same thing everybody else was doing. Sure. And I we did some research, and there's a recession, or they say a correction, every decade. We went back to the 1900s. There's been one in every decade except for that last one. Which that's a whole nother, <laughs> yeah. But one's coming. But you know what I found out is if I don't do anything different, why would I expect a different result? So I started. I realized some of my clients actually thrived during that time. So yeah. I went up to them. How did you guys get in this? What was your mindset to be in this position now? Because you're not doing what it, what everybody else is doing, and what books are you reading? And yeah. what assets? are you investing in? And it wasn't anything I was advising my tax clients to do, nor was anything what my financial planner was doing. And then I realized something was wrong. And <laughs> then it opened up my eyes. And that's when I, I read Becoming Your Own Banker Sure, and had a lot of questions. I mean, yeah. this sounds too good to be true. Yeah. Why isn't anybody doing it? Does this really work? And so I put my toe in the water, got a small policy. And yeah. it worked exactly like Nelson Nash said. So then I got more policies with my family. And then when my clients were like, man, I don't trust Wall Street. What should I do? I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing. And they, yeah. they would read the book. And then I started helping them incorporate infinite banking. And then eventually I had a CPA firm and IBC advisory. Oh, and I also had a family like over here that I really, my whole goal was to spend time with. So yeah. Had to make a decision very easy, sold my CPA firm and been focusing on IBC ever since. And as Cameron and I said, we've merged, partnered actually about four years ago, and all we do is IBC. I don't do taxes anymore. Sure. Thank God. We don't do investments. I mean, our goal is we wanted to be one of the best in the country with infinite banking. And yeah. when we first started out, it was about using it for liabilities. Hey, let's pay off your car, let's pay off your debt. But that works, but it's not really moving the needle. That's really not building wealth. So sure. when we use these policies to buy assets, I mean, infinite banking can increase returns and actually lower lower your taxes. So yeah, we've changed our focus to really combining infinite banking with Robert Kiyosaki. And just like our slogan is we want our passive income to be more than our monthly expenses, or to sure. abbreviate. I want my pie to be bigger than me. Yeah. So that's what we help clients do not only incorporate IBC, maybe kind of open up some eyes to some investments for them to create passive income.
2: Yeah. I think, and it's a sin what you're speaking about of, you know, in the past, 2008 and so forth, when everybody was relying on what the banks are telling us to do, what all these advisors are saying what to do. And it really just led people the, the wrong direction, unfortunately. So um, you also mentioned that. You know, you were doing the same thing over and over, anticipating and expecting different results. Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that the definition of insanity?
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. Correct. <laughs>
2: it's crazy, though, how many like we all do it. Right. So I think it's important to identify what's going on and to start making those changes. So I'm glad that you guys found the changes and, and what was that eye open experience, that damn amazing book. Right. To really show infinite banking. But for anybody out there that doesn't know infinite banking, do you guys mind just giving that that understanding behind it? Like what the heck is infinite banking?
1: Yeah, infinite banking and we're talking to real estate investors here, right?
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, we forgot to mention as well, you guys do some real estate investing as well about 50 flips for land per year and mm-hmm. got a couple turnkey properties as well.
1: Yeah. So the best way we can introduce infinite bank is usually through an analogy. And this is kind of the cash cycle for investors, right? When investors are accumulating cash, the first thing that they do is they put it into a bank account, right? Yeah. They put it into a bank account because it's safe and liquid and they're saving up to hit some sort of threshold. And then what they do is they take those funds and they go and invest. And then if it's the right investment, that investment is in kicking off capital, right? Or cash flow back to them. And what they do is they put that cash right back into the checking account at their bank, and they wait for it to accumulate and to grow. And so I want to be really clear with your listeners, right? if they're not sure of this yet, is that infinite banking, right? really, it was not replacing the investments that somebody is currently making. Mm. Infinite banking is where you come in and you replace your cash management tool. Right. Sure. So where people are saving their cash while they're accumulating enough money to go invest in the next deal. Yes. So right now people are putting money into checking and savings accounts and they're earning a big fat goose egg in there. Yeah. Right. That's if we can take exactly <laughs> if we could take those same funds and just move it over into an insurance policy that's designed appropriately, right, for cash value, we get all these additional benefits right? You get a much higher rate of return, right? It's going to be greater than 4%. Mm -hmm. You got this tax-free benefits that come along with it. One of the biggest advantages that you have is you have the ability to borrow against it and to never break that compound interest curve. Sure. And so really at the essence of what infinite banking is, is you're replacing kind of your cash management system with an insurance policy that you're going to leverage to go invest. Yeah.
2: So these are life insurance policies that it's not your natural old school way of understanding what a life insurance policy is this isn't for your death this is lower death benefits correct with higher cash value cash value that that have dividends paid out from companies the blue chip companies that have been doing this for hundreds of years paying out strong dividends each and every year so it's more of a and it, with some policies correct me if i'm wrong here with some policies you can actually put the word guarantee in there, right? Others, possibly not. Mm -hmm. But in some cases, you can actually say, yeah, there's guaranteed returns on some of these policies. So it's really about how you design the product, like Mm -hmm. how you set up the product to be able to set yourself up for success. What I really love about it is it can be mind blowing a little bit. So follow with us, guys, if this is like your first time listening to this, but you fund the policy, and if you want to overfund it originally like set up a, a high premium that you get you know qualified for and then you have an annual amount that you're you know putting towards it or you can do monthly quarterly however you like but within about 10 days or so not months not you know years down the road you can actually take a loan out at a certain percentage and a higher percentage you know i just for example i just put a policy a couple of weeks ago i put 500,000 in and then instead of sitting in the bank, earning nothing, right? Put 500000 in. And then 10 business days later, I'm able to pull out 90% of it in just a quick, short time frame with a fixed loan amount, right? But it still looks as if... I mean, the money's still in there. I'm just taking a loan out against that policy. So it can be really incredible to take that funding. Um, you're kind of arbitraging the difference. And then you can put it to work in real estate. Or even if instead of going to the bank and to get a car loan, a mortgage, whatever school loans, whatever you got going on, you can turn yourself in the bank. You can write out your own type of contracts to like promissory notes to your policy that you can you know, now write off that interest rate instead of giving it to the bank. You're doing it to your own policy, which can be incredible in the long term. Am I correct? Am I
0: missing anything on this? I mean, I'm a more technical person, right? Yeah, CP background. Just to be fair, when you get a policy loan, that rate is not fixed. It you is variable.
1: But, but other than that, you were right on. Yeah, I love it. I'll add something in there, right? Is because I think it was a 30,000 foot level. I'll go a little yes. bit deeper on that, right? In regards to the loan, right? One of the things that when people first glance at infinite banking, one of the things that doesn't quite register with everybody is the ability to have money come back to them and realize that their money is still earning. Sure. The way that that happens is that when you send premiums right into an insurance company, you're building cash value inside of your own policy. Yes. Right. So you're building cash value. You have two (laughs) ways that you can access that money. The first one's going to be a surrender where you take money out of your own policy. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to do that till later on in the back end. But while we're growing and accumulating, what we want to use is we want to use the loan provisions is what you were referencing, Brandon. And when we do that is we can ask them for a loan against our cash value. And what they do is the insurance company will come in and put a lien on your cash value that you have in your policy. But the money that they're going to send you is actually going to come from a separate account. It's going to come from the general fund of the insurance company. Mm-hmm. So that they do charge you an interest, rate, You reference that you have the ability, right? With proper documentation that you can deduct that. But that is how that process works is your cash value is sitting there growing, compounding, uninterrupted, and then they're sending you money from the general fund that you can turn around and you can leverage and put it into an investments. And so there is that kind of arbitrage right there between those two opportunities yeah. that we are trying to get to work in our favor, right? Yes. And so that's the education process that we'll walk clients through and show them exactly how that works.
2: Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. And I'm glad you went deeper into that because when I first uh, like started understanding about this policy and, and how this works, infinite banking, I was like, okay, so you put the money in and then you just take it right back out and <laughs> like, okay, so we're not goes, earning anything there, right?
1: Yeah. But and everybody goes, yeah, that's exactly support. how you do it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah exactly. And it's like, Okay, so then you start thinking this sounds too good to be true. There's some things that I'm missing. Another question that I I constantly get asked about this within our group is okay. So what's the minimum that I can put into these? Like, what is the minimum type of policy that I can get started with?
0: What I would say, just as kind of a rule of thumb, what we've come up with is the minimum for this to work. Cause the more money we have in, the more we yes. can use. Right. So, correct. but, and I know we're all, we're all at different stages, yes. but we have as a rule of thumb is 10 times your age per month. That's good. So I like that. Let me do the math for Cameron. Okay? <laughs> yeah, please do the math so, for me too. I'm, right? I'm with you. Cameron. So what, is,
1: what is that? $12? Like right. There? So <laughs> if you're
0: 30 years old, that's 300 bucks a month. Uh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Now, but with real estate investors are typically a little different because maybe they're not setting aside money per month or maybe they have cash on the side or their business model's different. So that can be designed different. And what we tell them to start is, well, what are you saving now? Let's just move that to a different account or do you have some assets here? Let's just move them into a different account. I yes. mean, so we're not really changing the cash flow; we're just changing what, where we're storing it.
2: And then, so with these policies, where did the life insurance companies actually put?
1: Where did they invest the the money? Oh, um, great question. So, insurance companies—if you look at their balance sheets—they are ultra conservative, right? They're actually super boring. Yes, right. They've been around and they've been doing this for two hundred years, almost two hundred years, for a reason. Yes. Right. When they take premiums in, right, they go out, they pay fixed expenses, you know, they pay commissions and everything else. They pay death claims. Yeah. And what they do is they have this this bucket of money that they also turn around, they go invest, right? And the two greatest places that they're going to invest in, one is going to be bonds. Right. Yep. So they own the 30 year bond market. Nobody else really buys those. Yeah. Nobody else is working off of that kind of extended timeline. And so insurance companies are buying those up, you know. I don't know at the exact amount, but lots and lots of money are going there, right? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The other part that they're doing is they're either buying or they're financing right commercial real estate. And so they are helping to finance or even purchase really high-end commercial real estate development projects, right? Not, you know, just any commercial development project you see on the side of the street, right? They're looking at ones that are, you know, here in Las Vegas, we've got the strip, we got like fashion show mall that's down there. Yeah, right? they're looking at those types of investments. And then the third place that they invest, believe it or not, is actually policy loans. Mm. So that loan, right? When a policy owner borrows the cash against their cash value, the insurance company is sending them dollars from that general fund. And that is an investment on their end. They charge an interest to us, the client, and the interest that we pay to that insurance company, that variable amount, right, comes back to them as profit at the end of the year. Sure right? And so those are really the three top places that insurance companies are placing their money. If you look at some other ones, one or two of them might have kind of a venture capital arm where they're investing in some businesses and stuff, but it's at very, very minimal amounts.
2: Yeah. I think it's important to, just for me personally, what really opened up my eyes. I mean, there's so many pieces of this pie here that really opened up my eyes to infinite banking and the benefits to it. But I truly believe that success leaves clues. And when I identified that the banks, the big boy banks, right? <laughs> their biggest number one, you, you know, know capital. Yeah. The thing that's on their books, right? That they're claiming each and every year that they hold the most of for their asset sheet is life insurance. And it's really incredible to see if the banks are doing it like the big boy banks. Why aren't we? And yeah. then I started realizing that these big corporations too, they offer a lot of these policies life insurance policies to some of their employees and they're playing a numbers game to a certain degree right yeah uh, as they get these policies set up for their employees if anybody does pass or whatever the situation is they're simply you know they're in control of it they're paying them out a couple hundred thousand and they're actually taking they're walking away with the remaining and they're doing the infinite You know, banking strategy to really compound their books a heck of a lot more. It's incredible.
0: That's a very good point. That's where banks, if you (laughs) have a hundred grand ready for your next deal. Yeah. Right. People are putting it in the bank. What's the bank doing with it? Yeah. They're they're not putting putting it in the vault waiting for you to come back. No, they're not. They're putting it in cash value life insurance. Yes. And they're making a lot of money doing it. So, in the simplest terms, all we're saying, let's cut out the middleman. Yes. And just have your own banking system.
2: Yeah. And what that means, guys, is basically instead of going to the bank, you have your own policy that is the bank. So when you are going to get a new investment, a new real estate property, whether you are going to get a new car and a mortgage, whatever it may be, go to your bank first. That's what we're trying to show you here. Mm -hmm. Flip the script on the banks, go to your bank, and then be able to pull from there. And then you can have, you know, whatever interest rate you were going to pay to the bank, you can do exactly the same thing to your policy, pay that towards your policy so that it keeps growing. And then you got the tax advantages as well. I mean, the list goes on. There's really so many benefits to this.
1: Brent, what I'd add in there, right? Is, I mean, look at the sign behind you, right? Credit Council, right? So what people are doing is they're looking for money. They're looking for capital. And when somebody's starting out is if you don't have any money, you got to go find somebody that does. Right. And the banks have all the money. So you go down to them, you apply for the credit, right? And you're asking them for money. And right. They're going to make you qualify. They're going to set out this whole list of hoops that you need to jump through. They're going to underwrite you. If you meet all these qualifications, then maybe they'll give you the money. Yes. Right. So that when you work with a bank, you got to play by their rules. Sure. Right. So as you use those dollars and you create that profit, what you want to do, right? Your listeners, what they want to do is they want to take that profit, sit it over, establish their own bank. And now when you go down to borrow your own money, there's no qualifications, right? Yes. There's no credit checks. There's nothing like that. You literally just call them up and you say, Hey, listen, send me my fifty, hundred grand, whatever it is. Yep. Boom, it's in your account. Yep. Right. And so that's the difference is as far as like having control is you got to go to where the money's at. If you don't have it, play by their rules until you have your own and then you can establish your own.
2: Yeah. And what is so sad behind this is a majority of Americans, they don't know the rules. They don't know the bank rules. They don't know what to say, how to position themselves to be a low risk in front of the banks. So therefore, when they're trying to qualify, you're at their mercy. And if you're saying the wrong things, if you're doing the wrong stuff, if you don't have the bank relationship, if you don't have products and services from them, I mean, the list goes on. There's 25 different pieces to the puzzle to be able to get a 90% approval odds. And that's what we do so well with Credit Council Elite is help guide people to flip the script on the banks, but it's so much more than that. Like what really drives me crazy too about the damn banks. I mean, we could go on and on in, in a yeah, rant, just, but- Let's
1: beat them up, yeah, let's Yeah, go. let's
2: beat them up, you know? <laughs> But what's crazy is, hey, you know, go into your bank today and ask to withdraw 50,000, 20,000, you know, they're going to look at you crazy and they're going to say, whoa, 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 do you have an appointment with us? And you'll (laughs) say, no, they'll be like, oh, you'll need to make an appointment for that. You know, they're putting the money to work, guys. And that's the difference. If everybody went in to withdraw all their money today, they're going to it's going to be like, uh, you know, 1920s all over again. It's not going to happen. So it's really important to realize that um, it's just crazy. You know, if you have to make an appointment to pull out your money or just even a piece of it, like you didn't need to make an appointment to bring the duffel bag in, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, what's funny is that, right, is I'd mentioned that I had a caddy business beforehand, right? Yes. And so the way that it was set up is that, you know, people would pay kind of my corporation, I'd pay it out. So I'd go into sure. the bank right? Every two weeks. And I would go to cash, a pretty large check, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50,000. And I cannot tell you the number of times that I went in there and they're like, Hey, listen, you got to come back or, Hey, you got to go to the branch, right? You got to go to another bank. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. And for the longest time, right? I'm like, what in the hell is going on? (laughs) Like, I didn't realize it until I started reading about infinite banking and realizing, Hey, these guys don't keep cash on reserves. No, right. That's crazy. So uh, yeah, it was a long time before I realized that.
2: Yeah. Success leaves clues. That's what it comes down to. It's like start when you realize what the banks are doing with your money and how they are treating us. It's really learn how to flip the script on it and do exactly the same methods that they're doing so that you can become the bank. You're in the power position. You can lend out money to whoever you want, make them qualify, you know, like whatever you want to do with your money, be in the full power position. I love that. So talk to me. Um, you know, people need to qualify for these, these loans. Well, I mean, these policies, not loans, Mm -hmm. but that's the best part. You don't need to qualify for the loan part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To take out uh, your money, you do not need to qualify. You just need to uh, stay within their guidelines. So know the guidelines beforehand, before finalizing your policy, but setting up the policy, you do need to be approved. What does that look like? Just a general type of broad explanation.
0: Well, I would tell you what they're going to look at is, I mean, now insurance companies are using some AI and are so, they? Yeah, yeah. We're getting about a third of our clients are getting approved immediately okay, without an exam and without Ooh. medical records. Now, again, you have to be healthy and you know, they need to, uh, but the, the, the other two thirds, I mean, they're going to, you may need to get an exam and sure. they may look at your medical records, but I will say, people often put a lot of pressure on the underwriting. It's like, oh, I need to lose some weight or I need to get my cholesterol down. Or, you know, again, just like you said earlier, Brandon, we're not doing this for death benefit. Yes. We're doing this for cash value. Yes. So whether you are preferred or standard or even below standard, that's really going to affect your death benefit. Yep. But the way we design it for cash value the cash value, particularly in year one, is going to be almost the same in all those situations. And in fact, we did a podcast episode, or Am I Too Old for IBC? And yeah. we compared a 20-year-old, 40-year-old, and 60-year-old. And what was interesting, as <laughs> at the end of year 10, the 20-year-old was in third place. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. But Why is that?
2: Is the amount they're putting in? No, it was, it was, it was
0: the same dollars. It was pennies by the way, but yeah, it earned. was pennies. Now the younger one had more death benefit. Sure. Yeah. Right. And the older one had less. And sure. that's an example of the way that we design it, where your health rating is not that important. And we do have some people who are not insurable. Like yeah. I would say, for example, my daughter is 23 she's had some medical issues. So yep. she's not insurable. Now, for one, we're thankful we'd gotten a policy for her years ago. Yes. So they can never take that away. Yes. But now she's 23. So she's got some cash like, hey, dad, I need to get another policy. And I'm like, love, I'm sorry, but I don't think you're insurable right now. She's like, well, can I just get a policy on you? Yes, right. <laughs>
2: Great question. So it, well, when there's a will, there's a way. Like anybody Definitely. out there, I have a friend yes. actually that they didn't qualify either and they wanted to really bad. But talk to people. If you do not qualify, there's still options out there for you.
0: Yeah. Like I have a policy on my father-in-law. Yep. I have a policy on Cameron. Yep. I have a policy on our assistant here. All the kids. I mean, we're just looking for bodies. Sure. You no, know, because yep. the cash value is going to be the same. Of course, we do need to get their permission. We just can't get a policy on them without them knowing. But yeah.
2: So um. yeah, I was told when I set up my third policy here that like with the 500,000 put in, I'm putting 60,000 in a year after that. That's a credit, like it's a very valuable type of policy that, Mm -hmm. you know, I could sell that to somebody that doesn't qualify in the future if I ever went into like a tight spot type (laughs) of situation, you know?
0: Well, it's another, I will tell you the way we, you know, we've had, it's rare in the, cause the way we design these policies are different, right? Sure. Just said, you mentioned, mention, or I, we like to say, or really, maybe it's just me. I don't think Cameron's ever said this, but I, I always say <laughs> this ain't your mama's whole life. Yeah.
1: This is a very different policy, right? So It's too hip for me to say. Cameron's like, I uh, don't
2: say anything that you
1: say, Anthony. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: But we're viewing and
0: our clients are seeing these policies or their premiums, not as a payment, (laughs) but as a deposit, right? That this is an asset. But I will say sometimes either people don't get it or maybe their financial situation has really changed and they can't continue to fund it. Yeah. They could cash out the policy. You can do that at literally any time, or you could sell it. Yes. And so, I've actually bought a couple policies. This is yeah. being recorded from people, <laughs> and I've sold some. You know, so you're right that that is a uh, asset that you that you have every right to sell.
2: Yeah, and it's really just changing, you know, names of beneficiary and so forth of where it's going to really be able to, you know, lock that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me. What is like the most common, I guess, unknown thing for people to really wrap their heads around that you guys have seen over the years?
1: Most common objection.
2: Yeah, like why would somebody not? Obviously, it comes down to the lack of education, you know, why there would be fear or thinking, ah, this is too good to be true. It's not for me. Like, is there anything else that we could really be able to break off those limited beliefs today on this podcast to be able to really be able to give people that financial freedom that they
1: deserve? I can give you two. Please, I'll give you three. would <laughs> <laughs> <That'd> be good. <laughs> the first one that comes to mind is like when people first look at this. This is what happened to myself, and this happens to a lot of people, right? Is you're looking at this, and the product that we're using is going to be life insurance. Yeah, and as soon as you mention life insurance, you get a whole <laughs> bunch of opinions. Yes. Right. Like, oh, that's garbage. Don't do it. No, don't do it. You know, too high in commissions, too high in this, you know, it's terrible. Right.
2: They don't understand the creative side behind it or like, well, I got my uncle or my grandfather or my nephew that does life insurance.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Great point. And what I'd add to that is that those are opinions. Yeah. Right. There aren't facts. Right. So right. When you dig into infinite banking, set the opinions (laughs) aside and dig into a policy and how it performs. At the end of the day, whole life insurance has been around for almost 200 years. And this thing is, as you, you use the word guarantee, there's guarantees that are in it. This sure. thing is gonna be as consistent and predictable as you can find out in the marketplace. That's so and good. so do your research and look at that. The second thing that I would say is probably the biggest stumbling block for a lot of people when they first approach infinite banking is when people borrow against the cash value and they look at that interest rate, right? And the first thing that comes to mind is why the heck would I ever pay an interest rate on my own money? Yeah. So we've already touched on that thing right before as far as, listen, it's not your own money. Your money's over here being collateralized and you're borrowing against it. Yes. Yes right? So that's the first thing that somebody needs to understand. The second part of it is you do need to look at that interest rate. Number one, you need to be aware of it and understand how it works. Yes. But also number two is you need to look at it in the big picture. And you don't want to look at it over one year, right? Or two years is you need to look at this plan over a 10, 20, 30 year period. Yes. And Brandon, when you run those numbers and you look at that, you'll realize really, really quickly how insignificant that interest that you're paying to the insurance company is.
2: Yes. It's so
1: good. And so, very plainly, right, we've got an example that will walk somebody through, and I'll say, "Okay, listen, if you're gonna go invest in real estate and you use cash, you don't pay interest to anybody, you're going to end up with a. If you move forward and you borrow against your cash value and your policy, you pay the insurance company a little bit of interest, you're going to end up with B, and B is always you know a multiple of what a was, yeah. right? So if you're okay paying a little bit of interest, you're going to have a heck of a lot more money in the long run." And so that education piece right there, Puts that interest rate in perspective for just about everybody. I like that.
2: What I want to add to that is like, is it with the fear and everything? And like, I know this about life insurance and so forth. Is that truly the truth or is it your truth? Is it what you know and understand as of right now? Or is it really the facts behind what other people are truly doing? Yeah. Because it's a lot different for when you actually experience it firsthand yourself.
1: Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, Anthony, what are your
2: three?
1: I'll oh, do it. Well, he on. doesn't have three. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: would
1: t- you he know, took I, two away, didn't
0: <laughs> he? I have even more that are even completely better. Those were good though. But I would tell you one thing people come like, I can earn a higher a bit higher rate of return. Yeah. Right. I can do better. And yeah. the problem is this isn't this isn't about a rate of return. Yeah. You know, we're just leveraging this to buy assets. Mm-hmm. And one of our we like to say that we do the math. Just like Cameron had mentioned, well, let's run a scenario. You buy that property with cash or you buy it with a policy. Yeah. We're going to show you who's going to have much more money and more importantly, why. But we had a client who was says, hey, Anthony, you know what? I am killing it in the stock market. Yeah. I can earn 10% every single year. He said, I want to I buy term and invest the difference. I'm like, you're missing the point. Sure. Why can't you do both? And we actually did the math about him taking a policy loan and buying the same investments he was in his investment account. And because of the power of compounding, in this example, he was putting in 20 grand a year to invest with uh, using just cash, the Mm -hmm. most he can invest each year is 20 grand. But because the power of compounding in year 10, he was able to invest 30 grand. Sure. And then in the year 20, it was 40 grand. So because that power of compounding, he was able to buy more assets. And we ran until he was age 70 and buying the, the, the same investments. The only difference is we're running them through the policy. And we accounted for interest and accounted for everything. At age 70, he had 50% more <laughs> running it through a policy than just doing it in cash. God, compound interest
2: is and, so sexy.
0: <laughs> and you know what? What will be sexy? Right now, we're too young, or at least you guys are too young, right? We're not thinking about the legacy. But you yes. know, you buy term, invest difference. You're going to cancel that term really as soon as you can. I did. But, yeah, right. I did it right away. But when we have kids, I mean, and we get older, and we have grandkids. Yeah. And. We're, we start thinking about our legacy, and it doesn't just need to be the kids, but maybe it's some charities mm-hmm. or some things that that we want to help. Yeah. But I think so. We're going to have this permanent death benefit, which is going to give the next generation a head start. It's good, but, but we need to educate them first. Yeah. Right. That's why we got policies on our kids now, so they're learning. Yeah. Learning with a little. So when they get a lot, they're going to be able to handle it.
2: Yeah, that's good. And, you know, guys, if you have children that you want to start off with, like that is just incredible to really set them up at such a young age that will transform into something in the future, just phenomenal for them. Compound interest.
0: And, Brandon, let me just, I don't mean to, (laughs) well, I share a little bit about what we're doing. Like we all have policies on our kids. Yeah. And Cameron's kids are still younger, but mine, are older and much wiser yeah. uh, and better looking. Uh, but like, savage. Right? Savage. <laughs> we use the policy for their education. Yeah. And at least with our view, doesn't need to be college. I mean, the college is not for everybody, nor nope. and college system is broken into my eyes, but you got to get educated, whether yeah. it's getting a mentor or buying a course or whatever it is, it's going to take capital, but we're teaching them how to do it now And with with my grandson, we're putting money into his policy. And as soon as we have enough, we're going to start buying some real assets. Yeah. And the projection is by the time he's 20 years old, he will have 20000 a year in passive income. Come on. Now, but the importance... So he can do what he wants to do, not because he has to do it. He doesn't need to go to school or take a job cuz he needs the money yeah. maybe he wants to be a pastor maybe he yeah. wants to just do service work or sure. be a teacher or, or just something that you know is fulfilling emotionally but
2: not in your bank account yeah right? like really followed by his heart yeah. his soul versus god you know i got bills
0: yeah yeah and what <laughs> when he gets old enough i'm going to take him to these houses yeah this is yours and when he's old enough i'm going to show him the deal i'm going to yep. show him the numbers So not only does he have some money and a head start, but more importantly, he has the education. Incredible.
2: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, talking about taking these policies and being able to buy some assets, you guys are currently buying land, right? That's the, I wouldn't say the bread and butter, but it's something that you guys are actively doing throughout the year, about 50 or so. Mm -hmm. And so you're buying land to be able to flip. So you're buying it for a couple hundred bucks, flipping it for the 10 to 20,000, right? Well, we're kind of in theory,
0: let's say we're buying it for 2,500. Sure. Yep. You know, and well, part of the thing, the the key thing is with raw land, it's not an efficient market like single family. Single family, there's a realtor that'll help you sell it, appraiser that'll tell you the value, and a bank that will finance it. In these areas of raw land, we don't have any of those three which means the market's inefficient, yep. which means there's an opportunity there. So we will send out, for example, mailers, 100 mailers offering 2,500 bucks. Maybe we get three people that say yes, and maybe two of them, the deed isn't clean or there's some issues, but we yep. buy that one. We buy yep. it for 2,500. Then we go sell it for 10 grand. And again, most of these people, maybe they don't have 10 grand. Like We're talking like two acres in the middle of nowhere, Brandon, mm. like yeah. there's no power. I mean, it's pretty th- sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for for, stuff, for those people, it's sexy. Like for me, I, I couldn't imagine it, but yeah. they don't have 10 grand, but you know what they do have? It's 200 bucks a month.
2: Yes, they do. So now, you know, now okay, you're to the well, bank, right?
0: We're finance it and give us $200 down $200 a month. That and then boy. we do that again, and we, we build that up. And the way we structure the deal is they don't get ownership until we're paid in full. Sure. And you're going to have some foreclosures, yep. you know, and we try what we can to get them back on the payment system. Yep. But if they don't, we just put that land back in our system. And for all the foreclosures we've had, we've collected more money in the down payment and their sure. monthly payments than what we <laughs> paid for it. So we get all of our money back and then we just put it back into our machine. Well, and what's sell it.
2: what's cool about that as well is that you have a note on it. And when it's performing, it's performing and that's great, right? You you get your cash flow back, you get your original investment plus some. And then when it's not performing, now you have a whole new category that you don't necessarily even need to foreclose. You can have a non- performing note that you can sell because there's a market for that as well, mm-hmm. right? It probably makes sense to foreclose, take take back the property and then sell it to somebody else or get them on that plan. But I mean, there's so many different options because guess what? You're the bank, you're in control. You have the authority and the legal right to do so. So it's really tremendous. I, I love that approach. I have several friends that crush it doing that. And every time I hear the numbers, I'm like, "God, that sounds too. It sounds good man i want <laughs> I don't want to get too distracted being the ultimate hustler. I'm, I'm very focused in what yeah. we got going on here to grow it, go deep, but yeah, it's very cool. So we hear about people that you know this this is probably a question that comes up for you guys as well uh with the infinite banking strategy. If somebody takes out this loan, they ask, "Well, when does it do?" And you know, what does this look like if I don't pay it?" Right? Because the policy itself could potentially, you know, after you pass away, it's just going to minus whatever the death benefits minus whatever the loans are and so forth. Uh, yep. There is an annual fees behind it per year, of course, annual. So give me your feedback on that so that people can understand it and realize you don't necessarily want to rob from your bank,
1: right? Mm, yeah, great point. So we've got cash value right as a snare that we're talking about we're going to initiate a policy loan. One of the things that you want to do number 1 is one of the guidelines that we have is you always want to leave at least 1 year's of base premium in there and that base premium is like that cost of the insurance and that's like your buffer right that's just to buy time so you never want to deplete all your cash and capital so you want to keep that in there. Outside of that to be honest with you Brandon is a lot of times we're setting people up and we're we're, these are their retirement dollars, right? This is yes. the money that they need. And so we do need to provide an education to these clients on the best ways to use it. If someone is accessing these funds, number one is we're not big fans of using it for liabilities. Yep. Right. So number please two don't, is- that, Please don't really... go
2: buy the Gucci sweatshirt
1: or something yeah. like investments only, guys. Yeah. Or the Versace sweatsuit that Anthony likes to wear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, right. When we access those dollars, we're going to go acquire an asset. Sure. Right. And so that asset, in our opinion, it's all about cash flow. It's monthly income. And so that asset should be kicking off income over and above whatever that cost of insurance or that cost of lending is to be able to repay that loan. And so that is ideally how you want to structure that. Now there's a whole bunch of different investments that somebody could make, right? They could be flipping houses where, you know, they need those funds for four months and there's really no cash flow that comes off of that in that four month time frame during rehab and everything yeah. else. So Ideally, right, we want to monitor that, but when they sell that house, they get all the proceeds, we're going to put a big lump sum back into the policy along with the interest and everything else that we've accounted for. Yep. And or maybe it's a syndication where it's three to five years where their timeline is and maybe they have quarterly interest that gets paid out to them. Well, great. We don't want to consume that interest, right, that comes off for lifestyle. We want to send that back to the policy. Sure. and then also you can always, at the very least, if you have a loan that's outstanding for an extended period of time, man, we need to pay that interest out of pocket. That interest management is critical in this piece. Is you don't want to deplete the cash value and then not be addressing that, as that is the one way to kind of ruin this whole thing.
0: Yeah, that's good. And you know, like to answer your question, there's no requirement to repay that loan on any terms. However, we don't recommend people go into this. Not planning on repaying the loans, yeah, because there's some risk that that interest on that policy loan could increase higher than the growth of the policy, and the policy could lapse. Sure. I mean, so but there are pro I mean, I, one of my first investments, I lost fifty grand. I took a policy loan. Yeah. And believe me, the, losing fifty grand hurts, right? But yeah, there's but levels to I, it. Yeah. Right <laughs>
2: when, when you then, lose when you lose a couple hundred thousand, that sucks too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
0: I had this loan. I got a couple options. You know, for yeah. one, if if I can never pay it back, you know, just like Cameron said, we took a loan from the insurance company, and you know, we just use your policy as collateral. We could change that. And say, hey, you know what? Instead of a loan, why don't you take a withdrawal and pay off that loan? Mm. So we always have that scenario. And we would use that if there's no way that we're going to be able to pay that back. Mm. But the way that I looked at it is I'm going to generate some more income.
2: Is is that actually beneficial to take a withdrawal from the account versus leaving it in there and having that compound interest over time?
0: The problem will... I mean, if you were just to let that compound and not pay the interest, it's possible... (laughs) That interest is going to grow higher sure. than the interest you're being credited. Yes. And if your loan balance is higher than your cash value, your policy collapse,
2: meaning that it's,
0: so, it, it is so, no more.
2: So to sum that up on the, I wouldn't say the worst case scenario, but something right before the worst case scenario yeah. is say the investment, say the loan that you took out, the investment deal that you put it to work on didn't work out. You believe, in the future, in the next couple of years, you'll be able to pay this thing back. But instead of waiting a couple of years, you really need to make sure whatever that annual interest is, that that gets paid each year. So mm-hmm. therefore it's not doubling up or tripling getting a little crazy for you
0: exactly. We, we want to at least pay the interest, sure. but it's nice to know if we're in a situation where we can't, yeah, everything is going to be okay. I mean, we're you know we're, they're just going to add that interest to the loan. So we're going to be paying a little bit more interest, but we could pay that back over the next five, 10 years. Yep. And we would, again, had never broken that compound interest curve during that time.
2: That's good. I love it. Awesome. Anything that we're missing here, fellas?
1: Um, Anthony, what hurt worse? Losing 50000 or that haircut?
2: <laughs> too too soon, too rough. Let's move on, fellas. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Like, that
1: was kind of mean.
0: Uh, yeah,
2: savage. Uh, I love you guys. That's funny, man. You guys, you, you guys are. You look uh, good. You look
0: good, man. You look yeah. good. Well, you know what? On our podcast, we do razz each other a lot, and i rightfully tell so. people that Cameron loves his silky smooth hair. And I believe uh, it. I mean, you can see, right? But yeah. uh, and his favorite movie is uh, "Don't Mess with the Zohan." Okay, I don't know if you saw that because he liked that silky smooth hair okay. and his dream was to work at Paul Mitchell, but we like to have fun on our podcast and most time it's on Cameron's expense, but here it looks like it's at my expense, but yeah.
2: that's okay. You got it. You got to give it up our every once back. in a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Good. Cool. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys greatly. I'm excited and glad to be able to get this information into more people's hands, really. You know, it's important. I really do uh, firmly believe that and just getting that financial education piece to understand the possibilities out there. You only know as much as you know until you hear something new. And then you're like, oh, is this really, is this possible? Go down a rabbit hole, reach out to these guys. Um, Fellas, how can the listeners get a hold of you guys?
1: Yeah, a couple ways is uh, you can go to our website, infinitewealthconsultants.com. But also we have an online course, Brandon. We typically charge for access to it. But as a thank you for having us on and for your listeners kind of sticking around, we're happy to provide you with a free link so that they can get access in their Look around. What they're going to find is just a bunch of the kind of case studies that we've referenced. It's very educational, nothing salesy. Once you get in there, if you look around, if you guys want to talk to us, there's a link that you can click on there and that'll take you to our calendar. So we'll get that over to you. It's going to be infinitewealthconsultants.com backslash, and we'll go with ready, set, go. Cool. Yep. As that tagline. And then also we'll give you our link tree as well. So they can, uh, we'll get that in the show notes so they can find us anywhere they want to look. And Brandon, what I would imagine
0: there's probably some listeners that are like, man, this just sounds weird. I don't know. I heard whole life's terrible. Blah. what I say, do your research. Yeah. We got there. Numbers don't lie. In our course, we have uh, IBC 101, where we're gonna start it at the basics. See yep. if that makes sense. Yeah. If it doesn't make sense, then just don't go back, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if it does, then we have a, a, like, uh, a video like Cameron had talked about comparing a scenario, you buying a property in cash or buying it through a policy. And yeah. so we're gonna show the math. All I say is do your research. Yes, please.
2: Yeah, numbers don't lie, people lie, but it really comes down to are they educated or not? They you know, your loved ones that are doing life insurance, they might just not be educated. They they just don't know and that's okay. So get educated yourself so that you can show it to them. Jump on these free calls, get the education in the course and I appreciate you guys greatly for, you know, giving that to the listeners. That, that means a lot to me as well. And then you guys obviously have your Infinite Wealth podcast as well that people can tune into and and get a ton of education as well.
0: Yeah, we just got on TikTok and Instagram. They can kind of get a chance to hear a little bit of of us and see see if what we say speaks to you.
2: Yeah, I love it. Cool. Well, you guys are amazing. Appreciate you both. Had a great time today. Guys, reach out to them that it's going to really open up your mind, do your own research. And if it makes sense, it makes sense. And I'm very confident that you'll be shocked with the opportunities from it afterwards. If you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It is Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And then if you are looking to truly flip the script on the banks and learn how to be able to get up to 500000 every six months at 0% interest, that's what we are here for and so much more travel hacking, business credit, fixing credit, get to 800 FICO score in less than 30 days and purchasing properties with credit as well. So check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. Do not forget to leave that five-star review for Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast and hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification every single Monday. And we will see you on the next one. Till next time, guys. God bless. Appreciate you guys. You'll make
0: it a fantastic day. Take care. Thanks.
1: This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.